The Dallas Cowboys find a hidden gem on day three of the NFL draft. All that and more in this episode of the Lot Dot Cowboys Podcast. You are locked on Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network. Your on. team every day. Locked, 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 locked on. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, today we are talking about two of the Cowboys' day three picks, Eric Scott, Jalen Brooks. And one of my favorite parts of this show is that we don't discuss notes at all before we get into these players because we want our honest, raw uh, reactions to these players. So let's go ahead and start start with Eric Scott, who the Cowboys traded up for was at the top of the sixth round uh, for a cornerback that I don't think a lot of people heard of pre-draft. No, uh, I don't think a lot of people had heard of him. And 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 after going back and watching, I'm I'm surprised we didn't hear more about him. I I really liked his tape, or at least I liked what I saw. And I I was surprised that he uh, that he was not on very many people's radars before this. And I think my, part of it probably is what you're showing right here, right? That four seven one that was listed as his 40 but there is obviously from what we've heard and frankly from what i've seen a lot of circumstance behind that including the fact that he was injured previous to running that four seven one i think you can have a conversation about the decision making process to run uh 40 after hurting your your quad uh, in, in testing but uh i i think that at least explains the the, the numbers there but i mean i think a go- lot of these guys that are projected to be late day three picks or undrafted free agent guys. Like they feel like they have to run, right? They've got to get at least some number on the board for NFL teams. But I I would say that this may have been a case where this guy got further slipped through the cracks because of that number. I mean, I I mean, there's gotta be teams out there that take corners who run four sevens off their, off their board completely. Right. I mean, you showed the history of cornerbacks that run in the four sixes is extremely low. When you're talking about four sevens, there's really no hits over the last 25 years. So the rumor is that this guy actually runs a sub four five, right? Like like that that that's what he was running in training, or at least around a four five, which would make a lot more sense. And 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 honestly, like you watch his tape, that's what he looks like he plays with. And all the other testing, in like you, you don't usually have uh you know what what is it eleven oh one broad jump or a thirty nine and a half inch vertical. And then run a four seven one, like you know what I'm saying. Like those numbers don't line up really explosion wise, right? So um, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see that we have his RAS score up, and right now it's he's in the 87th percentile. We're rounding up, even with a four seven one, yeah, and a one six one ten yard split, which is in the 40th percentile. If you just project a four five landing, and by the magic of RAS, boom, <gasps> a four five oh 40 yard dash puts him in the 99th percentile of athletes among cornerbacks. That's why the 40 is so important here because everything else is off the charts. And I'll, and I'll go here with this, right? Usually, and I've talked about this before, I like to turn on the game before I know what the what jersey number the player is usually to see if I can identify the player, 
right? Especially when we're talking about players who play on teams like Southern Miss or, you know, not Alabama or Ohio State, right? Teams where this player should stand out, right? And and he did. Like, he was very easy to identify which corner he was. Now, they have a number zero on their team that I, I actually think could be pretty decent football yeah. player as well. Yeah. But if you just look at him, he's long, he's athletic, he's just drips confidence, like he flips his hips really cleanly, he moves well. Like it, it, you know, you, I think I saw you tweet about the, uh, the two lane game and I, and I, and I also watched the two lane game that he played and, and, and they didn't want to, they didn't want to have any part of him. No. And they finally, and when they finally did, he, he finished the game for, for, for Southern Miss with that pick six. So by the way, Tulane was pretty decent this year as well. They beat they were USC. Very, yeah. One of the best coach teams in football, I yeah. would say in college football. Yeah. So like, this isn't like, that wasn't like some small feat for a, a school like Southern Miss. So. I just see a guy who I think, you know, has a ton of, of athletic ability, ha- looks comfortable playing cornerback. Like, I, I don't know. To me, when I watched him, I just kept on feeling like, why is this guy not a higher prospect? That's that's what my brain kept on going to. Not that I felt like he's a first round or any of that, but like this guy read to me like a fourth round corner, right? You know, he's athletic. He has good traits. Um, he does. He does. He hasn't played a ton of high level competition, but when he has, he's played well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm well, a little confused by Eric. One of the things that I noticed right away, thanks to PFF, big fans of them over there, uh, I was able to watch all of his like down the field targets, and he does a really good job on passes down the field, and yeah. that's where that's where the height, the weight, mm-hmm. the explosiveness comes in, right? Because you can just catch up to balls. Uh, he just has a very good feel to that part of his game where I think he struggles a little bit. And this is probably why he's a day three pick and not a top 100 pick is he has, he has a hard time with some of the underneath routes and quicker receivers. Like I think those are the type of guys that are going to give him trouble in the NFL. And I just wonder like, if you need him to be like an off man coverage, I, I got some concerns there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they're if the Cowboys play a lot of off man coverage, which you know, I mean, they mostly play press, and that was the other thing too that you saw him do is that he was very good in press bail. Like, yeah. he didn't get his hands on on uh, corners easily uh, or a lot really, but he was very good at lining up and press, and then flipping his hips immediately and running up the field with guys. So, sure. um, I yeah, I think that a lot of that's the kind of underneath stuff is going to be solved by usage, like by I, know, I just, how he's played the you scheme. Do, you don't want him playing the slot. You don't want him covering no. some of these shiftier receivers because I just don't think – I think that's where you see a little bit of the tightness in his game. He's just That's just not his forte at all. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's he is very much kind of lined up with the – you know, what, what the Cowboys like in their corners. He is kind of a silo, you know, corner, um, you know, so he's they he shine had, right with more athleticism. I mean, yeah, honestly, yeah he really yeah. is in a lot of ways. He is. Um, yeah. So uh, I think he, uh, he has some uh, ability to, to develop into a guy that I think will could play on defense, you know? So um, but I think he's also going to be an incredible special teams player. As well. well, and I wanted to talk about the special teams part of it, because when you're talking about the fifth cornerback on the roster, you better be able to play special teams. So let's talk about his role on the team this season. Next. This episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Are you looking for a delicious snack or treat 
but you don't want all the sugar and the calories, then you need to try the absolute best tasting protein bar ever. It's Built. You guys know about Built by now. They are protein bars that are healthy and they taste absolutely amazing. Best part, covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That is right, real dark chocolate. And they come in so many unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. Lanny can attest yesterday on the show, right before we jumped on, right I was before. eating a protein bar. Uh, it was cookie dough one. Uh, Gave me lots of energy to do the show. Uh, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even have to wait to get a box. You can still go to built.com. You can get your order over there. But now you can run into Walmart. Go to the pharmacy section and pick up a four-bar box of the cookies and cream, the double chocolate bar, or the coconut puff. Or if you live near Sam's Club, like I do, you can go in, grab a 13-bar box of some of the hit flavors, including uh, brownie batter puff, and there's churro puff. So many unbelievable flavors. Go check them out right now. You can thank us later. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Tomorrow on the show... Lana and I are going to be talking about two additions that the Cowboys made to their backfield, including a certain five foot five running back from Kansas State. You won't want to miss that. All right, Lana, let's talk about Eric Scott's role uh, on the Cowboys team this year because it seems like the Cowboys want him to make the roster, right? You don't give up a future fifth round pick for a guy that you're just thinking, yeah, he's going to be on the practice squad or whatever. Like, it's clear they, they have some kind of yeah. plan for him. However, we know the top four cornerbacks on the roster are set. Trevon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore, Deron Bland, Jordan Lewis. After that, you're, you have Kelvin Joseph, Nation Wright, a couple undrafted free agents, and Eric Scott competing for that last spot. Got to say, that's pretty crowded already in the secondary. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that their their general thought process here is that you just can't have enough of these guys, you know, um, and especially by the end of the year last year, you know, they 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 felt like they were in a spot where they had gotten into some down roster corners, and obviously, thank God, Deron Bland worked yeah. out the way he did, and um, you know, because otherwise the, the Cowboys would have been in a lot of trouble. Uh, so I think you know they're they're going to spam this position, you know, the, as, as much as they can, as they should. Um, and I think it's good to get guys that have you know, athletic upside so that you can develop them into NFL quality players. You know, I, I think there is you're going to get less bang for your buck if if you just get like a guy with solid production with limited athleticism late in the in, in the in the rounds because and there are guys like that for bigger yeah. schools, right? You can find those type of guys all the time. You know, the guys that have 27 starts from an LSU that's just an average athlete. Those those guys are all over the place. But I, I think, you know, the problem is, is that eventually you can run into a real Jalen Tolbert type of problem, right? Where you have a guy that you want to try to develop, you want to try to get on the field. But if he doesn't have any special teams ability, then you, you can't really put him on your game day roster to get the experience that you need. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why I think that they're going after some of these guys is that they, they it's got to be a combination of both. They need you to be able to, like, be useful um, in uh, – you know, in, in special teams so that you, they can, they can get you the development you need to play. Yeah. You can't develop uh, if you're not on the NFL roster. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, that's the problem. I mean, I, you can, I mean, being, it's one thing, like, here's the thing. It's one thing to be in the, uh, you know, in the, on the team, on the roster, in the building. 
but it, but you know, and you can get development, you can get stronger on the, you know, you can be part of a program, and you can you can develop a little bit that way. But but the real development that happens, especially in a position like corner, is by getting on the field in the in, by playing. In an NFL game, right? Yeah. So and that's not even going to be possible for a guy like Eric Scott or any of these down roster guys if they aren't good enough on special teams to be rostered on yep. on game day. So. Well, that's why they, they choose these kind of guys. Let's talk about his special teams experience because he does have some. He has 207 career special team snaps. Now, most of them, over half of them, have come on field goal block. Like He's basically that last guy trying to block uh, you know, field goals and extra points. He does have 58 snaps on punt return and a couple of snaps here and there on kick return and kick coverage and that kind of stuff. But I've got to imagine with somebody of his size and the Cowboys are hoping with his athleticism that maybe they work on him being, you know, a gunner or somebody who's doing some punt coverage stuff. Like that's gotta be his role in the NFL. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I think those are the kind of things that you would especially see him thrive in, right? Like situations where he can uh, use his speed to get down the field and and wrap up and and get to a guys, you know, look, I mean, you don't know exactly what's going to happen with Kelvin Joseph this year, you know, and, 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 and I don't mean as far as a, a cornerback because you, you wouldn't miss what he's done as a cornerback yet because it hasn't been much, but what you will miss is his play as a gunner. So sure. if for some reason you decide that you, you're ready to move on from Kelvin Joseph, he just doesn't have shown you enough. You're going to need some solid replacements in that area. So uh, this is a guy who may not be able, well, I mean, frankly, he could replace Kelvin Joseph's uh, uh, defensive snaps as well because there hasn't been many. But he could definitely uh, give you some quality snaps as a well. And the thing with Eric Scott, we should mention, is the the price tag difference between a second round pick going into the third year of their career compared to a six round pick in year one is not insignificant. And when you're a team like the Cowboys, that's very close to the cap, every penny that you can save at spots like your fifth corner is something you have to keep an eye on. So if, if these two players are similar on special teams, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys just lean taking Eric Scott here. I really would, even though there might, the ceiling as a corner might be in favor of Calvin Joseph. If they could save some money and be similar on special teams, they might go with Scott. Yeah. I mean, here's the, the thing is, is that, you know, ceiling doesn't mean much if you're never able to achieve it. I mean, no. they've given no. Kelvin lots of opportunity to kind of prove this. And it hasn't been terrible on the field. It's just no. all the other crap you have to deal with, right? And then uh, you know, the fact that he's being paid like a second-round pick when uh, you have not gotten that kind of production out of him. So maybe, yeah, you want to swap that out for someone who's cheaper, younger, well, and still has some upside that's un- unfound, I guess is the way to say it. It's worth noting the Cowboys could save about $1.4 million if they cut Calvin Joseph after June 1st. It might – again, that's not a ton of money in the grand scheme of things, but – a million dollars difference between two players that you view similarly, and one player has you know several more years of contract control. Something to keep an eye on. Let's talk about another player that's uh, probably going to become a factor on special teams, and that's Jalen Brooks, the the last pick that the Cowboys made in the 2023 NFL Draft, a wide receiver out of South Carolina. I mean, the first thing is here, he's slow. And I don't. This isn't an issue of like he he pulled his hamstring or anything no, like that. No, he's he, he he is slow. He ran a four six nine forty yard dash, and for most teams, that's just an automatic cross off. But what did you see when you put on the tape? I will say that Dane had him at a four five 
nine, I think, or four, five, eight in his in, up from his pro day. So okay. maybe he's a tenth of a second faster. Who knows? But it yeah, does, four, I six, mean, he's he's slow. When you watch yeah. him play, he's slow. Yeah, um, yeah. So I I I, I think that the, the 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 truth of the matter is basically what you see in the numbers. Like that's in in his and yeah, his his game tape kind of shows that. This is a guy who, when I watched him, you know, it's it's got he's got Noah Brown's nameplate on it. Like he's, yeah. he's not, he's not the same athlete that Noah Brown was actually a very, very good athlete coming out of Ohio state. But in the sense that, you know, he uh, he's built kind of larger. He seems more like an X type, but I mean, again, we're talking about a special teams player. This guy, is. Yep. I mean, like, frankly, I saw an interview and I told you about this. I saw an interview with him right after his workout at South Carolina. And the question he got was something like, what can you offer an NFL team? And then he spent the next two and a half minutes solid, just talking about all his special teams prowess. Like that's all he talked about. Didn't talk, didn't say anything about a receiving or you get a guy who's going to compete for the ball or any of that stuff. He talks almost exclusively about, uh, you know, his special team ability. So that's the highlight here. That's what the interest is here is that if you're going to draft a wide receiver, uh, in, in the seventh round, who's going to be uh, able to make the team? Um, he's got to have to. He's got to have to play special teams, right? So mm-hmm. they're looking for guys who can come in and give them good special team snaps because that's what will that's what they will be doing for for the Cowboys in the NFL, and then develop them as a receiver. You know, in case down the road. Hopefully you're not getting into a situation again last year where you're having to play your Noah Brown as your wide receiver yeah. three. But if if there's an injury situation that Jalen Brooks could come in and, and, and maybe not get you killed uh, in the game because he's your, your only reliable active wide receiver. Uh, and remember, the Cowboys lost two of their core special teams guys last year, or this year in free agency, and Noah Brown and Luke Gifford. So it's clear yeah. they're trying to find cheap ways to, you know, get that type of production, whether it's Jalen Brooks, whether it's Eric Scott, we'll see. I actually have some information on why Brooks quote unquote fell to the seventh round of the draft. We'll get to that right when we come back. All right, Landon, we are talking about wide receiver Jalen Brooks from South Carolina, who the Cowboys took in the seventh round. Uh, Talked to somebody who does a lot of scouting reports for a big name company this week. And they said that they initially early on in the year, Gave him a fourth round grade just based on film. Uh, he was one of the best contested catch receivers in the yeah. country last year, uh, but just doesn't have a lot of experience because he stepped away from South yeah. Carolina in 2021, like halfway through the year, came back, was pretty productive this year. And then in their bowl game, he actually, uh, there was some kind of off field incident that nobody's talking about where he was not allowed to play in the final game of the year, but it's, was was it that he wasn't allowed? So this I'm actually asking because I did my own digging here. Was he was it that he wasn't allowed to play, or was that he decided that he didn't want to play? No, Shane Beamer uh, said that it was an off field issue that's going to prevent him from playing. Okay, but that still doesn't answer my question. I know. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Shane Beamer and the South Carolina team like did a whole very emotional video about how proud they were of specifically this. I know. Guy. Yes. And 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 he was a captain for this team, wasn't he? I believe so the last year, yes. Yeah, and and so like there's lots of talk about like how when he came back from whatever happened in 2021, 
that it that he was a changed person had recommitted and and that didn't sound like it was an like it was not it wasn't on the field whatever happened but it didn't sound like it was an arrest or yeah I don't, I, who it, knows it sounded like a personal issue right like something fair like that. point for whatever yeah. reason he didn't play in the final game of the year because of an yeah. off field issue that not that could have been an, that could have been an, a, a, a police thing who knows I, I, yeah for yes. sure like that's we the don't one know. we didn't get very much information right. again when you says off field issue it could just be you know there were yeah. problems at home with a the family there could be you know he was sick or whatever you know we just, we just don't know but it's worth mentioning but yeah um he did play quite a bit on special teams in college just last yeah. year he had 87 special team snaps it was all on punt return and punt coverage. They used him as a gunner a couple of times. Sometimes they used him. <laughs> I was watching a rep today where he was like a slot gunner for them, where they basically put him in the slot and let him run that way. The thing that I noticed right away, and you can see this on his rascal if you're watching this yep. on YouTube, he's got over 34 <laughs> inch arms. That's what I was going to point out next. And there's a couple of times where he's able to just stick his arm out there and get a tackle yep. on you know punt coverage, and it's it's pretty unique. I think. That's where his calling card is going to have to be in the NFL. And I'm fascinated to see who ends up winning this fifth receiver job because I think Sammy Fahoku is a far better athlete. This guy might end up being the better special teamer. Yeah, and and I think that's the interesting thing here, right, is that uh, those 34-inch arms also help him as a receiver, right? Because you talked about him being a very good contested catch Mm -hmm. uh, player doesn't have a great vertical he's a 35 inch vertical which is is pretty middling frankly um but what he does as well as anybody is reaches above his hand his head to catch the ball and you see it a lot where there are corners like trying to go through his back and he's reaching out with those long arms towards the ball to catch it so uh that part i feel like and then also having nine and a half inch hands. That's that's a pretty decent size. So it reminds me hand. so much of Noah Brown. Now, I, again, you yeah. mentioned Noah Brown. He was younger and more athletic coming yes. out of school. But I think that's the, the type of player you're hoping to get here. Yeah. Yeah, and then maybe he can give you something as a receiver as he develops. Because I, I think this is going to be the kind of guy who's going to win with savvy. He just does not have the athleticism to be no. uh, someone who's going to burn you. But but yeah, if he can give you some a little bit of separation with some savvy in his routes eventually, and then until then he can use his long arms and hands to kind of be a contested look. Contested catch is not a translatable skill into no, the NFL, as far not. as I'm concerned. It's not something you should bank on for a wide receiver uh, going from one from one league to the other. But when you're talking about a seventh round pick, it, having that ability to be good at it, and, and I think you know, 34 inch arms translates yeah. to the NFL as a wide receiver. Uh, I, it's a starting point. And again, that combined with the special teams makes this late round pick make sense. Uh, just to go back to the beginning of this segment, uh, people around the league had fourth, fifth round grades on him. But when you run in the four sixes, you just get crossed off a lot of boards. Yeah. So I think a lot of people thought his tape was good enough to be a top 150, 175 pick. Um, is he faster than that 40? I don't know. I don't, he doesn't play fast as a receiver. But there is some build-up speed when you watch him on special teams, and he plays aggressively, and he plays hard. So we'll see. I'm certainly not ruling him out. I would not be surprised at all if he's on the active roster at some point this season. I really wouldn't be. No, I wouldn't either, simply because I think he can be a useful special teams player. And, you know, if he he needed him to come in and and block somebody, a a linebacker on the edge, you know, real quick to shield off for a run, 
I think he could probably do some of that too. Last question before we uh, we head out. Of these two players, Eric Scott and Jalen Brooks, which one do you think is more likely to make the 53-man roster this season? I think it's Eric Scott. I mean – Even though cornerback is way more loaded? I do because I think he's a better player than Jalen Brooks is. I don't know. I mean that's – I agree with I, you, by the way. To be fair, I, we, we just have not seen a ton of these guys yet. You know, yeah. It's really hard to find Eric Scott tape. Uh, it's not, it's, you know, Jalen Brooks, South Carolina makes it a little bit easier, but I, I think that, you know, they're in different situations, but to me, I, Eric Scott, like I see Eric Scott as a guy who I think could develop into a, a the person who actually plays on defense regularly. Right. Mm. Whereas Jalen Brooks to me will always be, uh, you know, wide receiver four at best. I, I don't know where the upside is for Brooks other yeah. than special teams yeah. and guy who can play wide receiver if he needed to. Is Eric Scott even the best uh, rookie cornerback the Cowboys have added? Uh, that's a little bit of a tease for uh, Listen, week. we can get John on here and have that debate if you want. Uh, I, I haven't seen Brooks yet. so or uh, No, I'm sorry. Is, what's, what's the name of Yeah, the, it's uh, Brooks. It's Miles it Brooks. Brooks. It also yeah. is Brooks. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched him yet. Uh, I mean, listen, Fresno State uh, corners are, are, uh, are pretty pretty well regarded around here. LaTeX. Um, He's from LaTeX. Oh, Law Tech. I'm sorry. I thought he was. I mean, that's there. another one. Law Tech has had some corners. Yeah, Law Tech is. So. We also had a, a safety that came through here that was uh, was pretty good. Yeah. There. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I need to watch him. We'll watch him with all the undrafted free agents. I, I mean, I think, honestly, that, you know, listen, we don't need to necessarily compare one to the other. They could both be good players, honestly. Uh, we'll yeah, see. They're, and, they're, but that doesn't mean they don't necessarily the roster, though. That, well, that's but, the thing. Yeah. It's going to come to. I, uh, we'll save this for next week because I happened yeah. to watch this tape this morning. But one of these players is clearly the better cornerback. The other one is probably more likely to make the roster. So we will we'll talk about that next week because I'm pretty. It's a fun uh, undrafted free agent class. I'm excited to get into it. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Again, tomorrow we are talking about the the new and improved backfield for the Dallas Cowboys. Make sure you guys. Uh, <laughs> tune into that you can follow landon on twitter at uh, mccoolbcb i'm at marcus underscore mosier and we'll see you guys tomorrow